All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I mean, I'm in my prime. Now you're mine. Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Right, that's right. I remember that part. <laughs> All right, uh, DJ Nubis and DJ Nico's back. Whom we welcome back from, sh- I don't know what you call it, trip, from ship tripping, shipping, ship, from shipping. ship tripping. She's ship tripping. <laughs> it was it was a, a, a quick trip, but it felt like the longest trip ever because with the COVID going on, there's a lot of um, precautions being done. We uh. On, on the ships, we only have one doctor, and God forbid if COVID would get on the ship, it would be like you saw on the Diamond Princess when they had like 500 people get sick. You know, we only have about 70, 75 crew members and one doctor and one sick bay. And Yeah, God forbid the doctor gets killed. Yeah, it's <laughs> now... Everybody's screwed. So we had to do some... Uh, serious quarantine before I could leave. I wasn't allowed to, or you, we had to stay in the house for 14 days and I, um, well. That's actually kind of rough when you think about it because like, even for me, when I found I was able to go to work and do all that, I was actually like, happy just to get I'm, out. I'm getting out of the house. Right? It was, it was kind of crazy too. So I hadn't left, I hadn't been anywhere since March 30th. I went from house to ship and then we worked for 45 days, and then Anubis picked me up, and he's like, we need to stop at the grocery store. I'm like, yeah, I want to go to a store. I haven't been out of the house in forever. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm a big socialite anyway, but I mean, when it, when you're actually forced to have to stay in, mm-hmm. things get boring real fast. So, because of the COVID, normally when I'm going to do a repair or go to meet the ship, it's like... We fly. So if, if the repair, like before I was in Taiwan, I flew to Taiwan, I met the ship, we worked in Taiwan and Hong Kong, and then I left and flew home. The repair was over in Europe, and we, the ship 
had to meet us in Baltimore. And if you're not local to Baltimore, you had to quarantine in a hotel that's kind of right across the street from our, our depot. So a lot of the, inclu including the captain, you, mind you, this is this affected everyone. So everybody had to quarantine before they got on the ship. It was 13 days of transit time and then four days of transit time between each repair and then 13 days back home. I really was only doing my job, like my actual physical job for about maybe eight days out of the entire time. The other times it was like, I did some paperwork, got some spreadsheets together for my boss, but we were all just like, it wasn't even the crew itself because when, when we're laying cable, the crew was on, on duty too, but the crew was kind of like, oh, well, we're going to paint some, some railings. We're gonna... Well, I know that like while you were out there, you know, I was doing the podcast and putting them out there and you were listening to them when you I could. was, I was, I, um, so did at, like... at first I could, um, cause if, for those who don't know, uh, the ship has satellite internet, which is very slow. So at first I was trying to stream it, but then downloading it was way better than trying. I would download it and then listen to it afterwards instead of trying to stream it. Yeah, and you know, you'd talk to me occasionally on the, the little messenger because you couldn't get on the Facebook. Yeah, Facebook was, was banned eventually, so was Twitter. It takes up too much bandwidth. But then like, you're like, oh, I like this song. Oh, I like this song. So by the time like she gets back home, I'm like, well, you know, maybe we should talk about the songs that you really like that you get to hear. And she's like, I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, I, I commented. I told you what I liked, but I didn't write it down. And I'm going to be better about that, I promise. Next time I go out and listen to songs with... <laughs> so, I, yeah. I said to him, I'm like... Can't, she's like, can't... I have to work, you know. <laughs> I'm like... Doing what for two weeks? I'm like, can't you go? Well, f I just got back Wednesday night, but I, I said to him, I'm like, can't you just go back and look at all my comments that I left you? Yeah, she puts the work on me, and I'm terrible at that shit. Anywho, uh, she's back. Happy about that a lot. Um, we'll see for how long that lasts. Uh. <laughs> how long you're happy or how long I'm home? Because they've got a packed schedule coming up for us in the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good to have her back home. I mean, with all the shit that's going on, you don't know how safe or dangerous it all is. Hopefully it's all going to start to pass. It's getting hot. I was out there today, and it was pretty fucking warm, so... I told you um, I was speaking with one of the crew members. He's a, a little bit older gentleman, probably late 50s, early 60s, and he said his parents are in their 80s, and he's from Yemen. He, he lives in the U.S. now, but his parents still live in Yemen, and he was talking to them, saying that they actually remember almost an identical virus that happened back in the 60s that was very, I, I think that it was the Hong Kong flu, and it's very similar, like, it was, it was spreading fast, and so, but he said it, it did cl clear up after, after the wave, first wave happened. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know what my new normal's going to be anymore, either. I, we weren't allowed any shore leave, like, usually we go places and we can be like, oh, yeah, we're going ashore, but no. There are no shore passes granted for anyone right now because the countries are so strict. Yeah, and I know that talking with you because you like to read and you do a lot of like. I stuff do. On your, uh... I love my Kindle. It was probably a couple of years ago. It's a Kindle Fire. I think it's an eight, so it's it's old, but it serves its purpose for me because 
I, I have my, my little Chromebook that you got me that I use for, you know, this surfing time. the web and doing the podcast. But my Kindle, it's got a, a good memory size. And I, I probably read four or five books while I was out there. And some of them are just fun, you know? Well, that's what I was kind of getting, because you talk occasionally about reading some really erotic trash. Yes! And, uh, I don't know if it's hardcovers or just, like, stuff that you downloaded. Or it's what? stuff that I download. Um, I There's this website called BookBub, for any of you readers out there who have an e-reader. You can go on BookBub, and they'll send you an email every day with, with Kindle or um, Nook that are on sale. And a lot of times, authors, especially authors that are kind of like mid to lower tier, what they'll do is they'll have maybe one of their books for free. So you can download that, and usually they're books in a series. And a lot of these are those romance novels. <laughs> and I don't care, because I, I don't need to read philosophy every day. I, I have my intelligent books, but I just want some entertainment sometimes. Yeah, and that kind of ties into... We have some friends that are, at least one that we know of, they all have aliases for this podcast to do called For Tits and Giggles, and it's all about... Uh, lit, lit Rotica. Yeah, Lit Rotica, and uh, it's hosted by Veronica Knorr, Jolene Starr, and Gina Liberty. Um, we listened a little bit to uh, the last podcast they put out. They have a few of them there on the site of Anchor.fm, uh, so it's Anchor.fm, Bachelor's Tits and Giggles. It's called Four Tits and Giggles, right? But it's but the website is just slash tits and giggles, right? Yeah. So if you're and they do similar things to what you do, they they read his stuff, they have some wine, and they discuss it. It's like a sounds book like club. my book club, right? And it's all based upon the bad stuff. I call it bad erotica, but <laughs> but see, it's funny because some of these that I read are one that I just read. I absolutely. I loved it because it was kind of like a mystery and it was a so this this woman she her husband left her for someone much younger and she before she married her husband she met somebody and she was going back to see if she could find this person and it turned out that this person had died in a car crash and it was like a very bizarre like she was trying to find out what happened to him, but then she ends up falling in love with the guy's older brother. And uh, yeah, I came across some of that stuff like years ago when you were the manager at what was it? What bookstore? Uh, Crown. Crown Books. And like one, I remember reading. Like I just it caught me kind of off guard, but it was all about like this brother that was banging a sister and every other girl. On. See the the ones that I read have <laughs> their stories in between. Well, they the put stories scene. in there like the drive-in and everything else, but I'm just like that shit's crazy, man. Um, a lot to get to today. Excuse me. <laughs> um, some different topics. We got a couple of passings we'll talk about later on. Um, both are. One is just natural, I guess, in life. The other one's a bit tra more tragic. Uh, review for Blood Machines. I promised uh, a few months episodes back that I would watch that, and I've had and I watched it too. And Neko's caught up on that. Both and, have our opinions. Um, gonna talk about the Maryland Death Fest doc. Welcome to Death Fest. They did a few years ago, and uh, it's some, a lot of fun in there with that. Uh, we missed it this year because of everything else that's going on. See, we missed it last year too by choice because. Um, 
just wasn't a good lineup, and it, it, a lot of shit was going on. Yeah, so. I I was offered to go out on a job, and whenever I go out on a job, I make a lot more money. So we're like, yeah, let's totally make the money since we couldn't. None of our friends were coming th- that year, so we're like, yeah, we're going. Yep. Uh, so a lot of good new music to get to. I've got some From Hell, Contamination. Uh, also got some Midnight Odyssey, Armageddon. In the rock block, we are going to get back to Neko's Pick of the Week. Mm-hmm. Should be very controversial, which we always love in this show. That's what we are, Controversy Inc. But the newsman has her back 100% on this. Uh, got some old school Black Mountain in that block as well. Uh, falling in love with that band. Is that the, the, new, the vinyl that you just got? Uh, no, I got Mammoth, Mammoth, and Salem's Bend, uh, both very good records as well, but the Black Mountain has the Destroyer and the speakers and shit on it. Oh, okay. That record's fucking amazing. Um, new Cineax, uh, I think we also have, what we got? Scroll! Uh, new Binary Code as well, but there's some old school stuff in there as well for you all. Uh, but so we're gonna kick it off to like some brand new stuff by Ranock. Uh, I discovered this band back in 2013 when they released their debut, Between Two Worlds. Uh, this band's a progressive death metal band from England, and I kind of discovered them around the same time that I discovered Talanis because they have a similar sound between their arrangements and everything else. And uh, uh, I really dug Between Two Worlds. Uh, the new one is very, very good as well. Uh, kind of reminds me of like a little bit of Opeth in there, and they're just mixing up with some different stuff, so it's really fucking cool. The track we got for you is called The Dream, and we're going to kick it off, and we'll be back shortly.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Alright, brand new liner. Sky Nielsen Promotions does a lot of great stuff for us. We appreciate all our hard work. She really gets it out there for the um, local bands. You know, they they always, they being the world. Um, You know, every band, even huge acts, started out as a local band. So support the bands that you like, even when they're not playing giant stadiums. And those that, like Sky, who actually help push and promote and, like, look at Chris and Kelly from Elamania. I mean, there's so many, we, you know, Crypt and I were talking the other day about how much work we put into doing the podcast and they do their show and how much it means to not only them, but, uh, you know, for the, the bands that aren't, like, super well-known that get the airplay and get the interviews by them to, you know... I, How many bands have we found from just watching Metal Mania and we order their stuff? And yeah. And that's I, the whole idea is you want to support them. It's very hard to be an artist just as a, a career in general, not just a band, but any type of artistic endeavor is difficult. So the only way that you're going to support them is like their pages, purchase their albums even if it's just a, a sticker well half the battle is just being noticed and discovered i mean look at the band adrian from australia i mean when you watch the interview that crypt does with them they look generally excited that someone's taking notice mm-hmm. in their stuff all the way across the world so that that those small things that we do the uh, metal mania and the metal tavern radio podcast you know people appreciate that stuff so and sky has a good following so what she does because she has so many followers is she pushes it out there so that you can get that broader reach so if you are yep, a band she takes the time and goes out and shares our post and talks about us with uh, other pages metal pages uh she puts in the work and so it's a big help for us you know because we're trying to take care of our own stuff here with this so she's assisting us with that, and we getting love to, the word out. So definitely check her out. Uh, some of the news we wanted to get to really involved Bruce Dickinson with a couple different things. First was the passing of his ex-wife Patty. Um, I don't know if they actually ever figured out what happened. Um, only that she was uh, found dead in her house. They just—they're being very vague. And they're just calling it a tragic accident, so... Yeah, I think they said maybe she slipped or something. And or... maybe fell. But yeah. they, there's no... And they're out of respect for Patty, they're not commenting any further. Um, when they were called to the house, though, the um, they they said that when they were arriving within two minutes and the patient had already died. So apparently either she was well enough to call... Or someone in the home was well was able to call, but they they came quickly, and she was already gone. Passed, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. Like, <clears throat> and that that actually stuff like that worries me with you. 
and I don't want you to <laughs> when I'm gone for so long and I'm like what if something happens and you're home by yourself and like there's no one around I'm like sometimes I think I should get you one of those medical alert things where you can like push the button and <laughs> Jesus Christ. like if you if what if you fell down the steps or something I fell and I can't get exactly up. like I have a um a coworker and his wife has a condition and it's under control but I asked him because his wife is home by herself with their son I'm like what what would what happens how do you and he said that um something with Alexa through Amazon the the echo and stuff the dot whatever it's called there's a way to kind of work that so that if let's say she was having i think she has the seizure disorder if she was starting to feel unwell she could be like Alexa call emergency and it would so there are things available out there, and if you are one of the people who have those smart homes all kind of log together, you can do that. But I do. I worry about that. Like, you're... I'm in pretty good shape. I know you're in good shape, but... And I'm not near as clumsy as you are. Maybe I should get you the fucking dog collar. <laughs> you know? I did. I Did I tell you this? So, um, I'm, I was in my socks in my room... Like, yeah, you slipped. I slipped. Yeah. I was brushing my teeth and I slipped and yeah. I fell so hard, my glasses fell off of my face and, and broke in half. Yeah. yeah. So See, th th I'm not the concern here. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Bruce had been with this woman for like 29 years and they just ended like in 2019. So it, it wasn't even that long since they had split that this happened. Mm -hmm. So I can see how that would really... Uh, it's the, it's the mother of his children. Well, not only that, but just it's so recent. Like mm -hmm. it's not like they've been separated for years. I mean, obviously, you'd still feel bad, but it's pretty fresh that they just ended their marriage. There's so. a lot to digest there. But the other thing about Bruce that I discovered more recently. Yeah, was, this is kind of crazy. Uh, I watch a lot of old school horror movies. I've been trying to catch up on on YouTube and Amazon Prime and Shutter. So it's like. I just yes, been... Tubi is, is an app. It's T-U-B-I. Yeah. Tubi. So there's a lot of different apps that have horror movies, and a lot of them are old, back 80s, 70s. So I just, I've been trying to go back through a bunch that I had never seen and catch them and check them out. And there was one called, I think from 81 or something, called The Incubus. And apparently, I, unknowns to me at the time, was that Bruce's other band before Maiden, which was Samson, has an actual appearance in this film actually he has like two or three scenes where it's the same basically same shot where he's singing between some fog lights or whatever and i just thought it was kind of amazing that uh it was something not related to maiden at all it was just his previous band so they sort of had this uh, before they were stars type moment there they were in this horror movie it's, that wasn't that great but you know either way they it says um here in this article that they were in a short film called Biceps of Steel <clears throat> and then the makers of the creators of in Incubus decided to display the footage on the big screen during a sequence in the movie theater so right. it's it's kind of interesting like you know I I always because of Iron Maiden and Bruce and the 
height that they are. I like you. You think of Bruce and you think of Maiden, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then when you find like this, because he was young when he joined Maiden. I mean, twenties. Well, yeah. Early twenties. So, um, when we're watching I'm trying, some of those old music videos, I'm looking at Bruce and I'm like, dude. You don't even have any facial hair. Like, it's, it's crazy <laughs> how young he looks. And so he pretty much, his identity you always think of is Iron Maiden. And then to see this little snippet of his life pre-Iron Maiden, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the irony about it all was, like, in the video of the movie, like, there's also, they go from showing the band to showing, like, what it's like a stage play in this theater that's going on, mm -hmm. or, or whatever's on the screen, and... It actually, like, literally took it from Samson because the, the actors that were acting on stage, the one dude was getting his long hair cut <laughs> and still had his strength. So I, I just thought that was freaking hilarious. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. It takes it from, like, the biblical story. Right. All right, so this next block of music we got for you all uh, is going to contain some music from From Hell, Contamination, and Snake Pit, which I really liked. Uh, some great tunes coming at you. We'll be back in a little bit.
salute you people of the underworld. I'm Nick from the Greek heavy metal band Accelerator. And I want you to rock hard with the Metal Tavern Show. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and I hope you hurt your ears listening to a hot brand new album. Hell yeah! Alright, DJ Nibis. And DJ Neko. Back with you with the Metal Town Radio Podcast, episode 65. 65. And I meant to talk about in our last segment how when I was describing that Rannock song, that particular track didn't really have the opeth that I was really talking about what the album does, but that particular song, and one of the influences I can tell, maybe indirectly or directly, is Meshuga. There's a lot of Meshuga in that song, mm-hmm. The Dream, so... Uh, I heard a lot of that. It was really I, fucking I wrote great. that down. Mm. Um, I told you, now with the new and improved organized DJ Neko, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write down things that I hear that I like so that we, you know, especially when I'm gone, so we can discuss it. So I wrote that. I did. I really like that, um, that song, The Dream. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of like, well, <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I really haven't talked to Crypt about it, but like, I think they're a little more prepared when they do all their shows than we are. We're kind of like shooting from the hip most of the time, so that's why sometimes we might forget something here or there, or if I fuck up something like I did on one episode. You're like, what am I doing? I'm like, what did I fucking do? God I'm like Howard Stern crying over their fucking shit falling. Well, that's... <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, um, you know, I, I ordered my new organizer and there's like a whole subculture we're gonna hear about this fucking organizer all fucking episodes yes we are (laughs) but it's the way that this one is laid out is not just like oh monday through friday these are the dates it gives you like room to put notes and stuff and i've dedicated like like you see this whole half of a page you know i put down the podcast uh topics and i wrote down you know things that i'm listening to so i'm trying to be more organized not you know just for the podcast but in life too like i'm oh crap i i need to go do this and half the time i i have a pretty good memory but well i normally do that yeah i normally do that like when i Mm -hmm. put my notes i put a little couple of notes in there uh, try to remember things. I don't always do that all the time. But well, you know, I I, I didn't take notes with our, our next topic, the uh, welcome to the death fest. I didn't take notes because I watched it while I was out on the ship, and I should have. But now that I have my little book, and I'll be able to write down my notes when I do these things now. But well, you've at least seen it twice. I watched, I watched it, it twice because I, you know, I was feeling super nostalgic. Uh, I w- in, in order to get on Facebook, now that you know it's too much bandwidth, there's only like three computers in the whole ship that has Facebook, and you have to go to the lounge, and I hate doing that because I have a laptop, and the people who use the lounge don't, so I only do it during off hours, when I know like 1am nobody's going to be up there using it, and um, so I watched Welcome to the Death Fest twice. Yeah, we're, we're obviously talking about the Maryland Death Fest that we were supposed to go to this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't happen. It's been postponed until 2021. But it's our thing every year, and that's, that's what I mean. Like when I, I Prior to last year, we'd gone like nine straight years, so there's... Ten! Five, ten! No, that was supposed to be our tenth. Okay, okay. So, like... So, I would, I would log on to Facebook, and it would be like 
four years ago, pictures of us at Death Fest, three mm-hmm. years ago, pictures of us at Death like, and even today, because it always falls Memorial Day weekend, so it's always different days. So the last, like, two weeks, it's been nothing but pictures of us at Death Fest. There was a picture of you, like, when we saw Atrophy, and you were, like, super excited to see them, and you got your Atrophy shirt, and you took pictures with them. I'm like... That is our vacation. You and I, that is our vacation yeah. that we have. And then, like, one year uh, when Crash and his lady came out, Cat, uh, who we miss greatly, by the way, um, you know, that was the year Broken Hope played, and you caught the drumstick. I got the drumstick. How that happened, because I'm five foot two. I have two. all these tall dudes. I'm you five foot shit. two. So <laughs> either I just had the right grab or they were like oh look at this poor short sucker i'll throw it to her i turned around and you have like holy fuck yeah i mean it's 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 crazy and it that was the year i think that was in in um welcome to to the death fest i'm not sure um i think it was filmed between 2011 to 2013 no. somewhere it's, it's it was 2013 and 2014 the uh because the 2013 one was the year well, that I thought 12 was definitely in there 2012 I thought that was definitely in there the the death of <laughs> my big teeth are getting in the way the list I can't wait to get my teeth fixed um so the actual documentary picks up a couple of weeks before Death Fest. Well, the, the only thing you need to know is that it was basically towards, it was, towards the end of the time that they were at Sonar and then moved to Edison. So right between that stage of their history. So it picks up right before their last year at Sonar. Now, Sonar was sold to a different owner. Uh, yeah. And what really sucked, that was probably the worst organized year. But I'm so glad that they caught this in the documentary you know, world, because we're seeing it from our perspective as fans, as people who regularly go to this thing. We're frustrated because we're waiting in line forever. We miss Speedwolf. They, um, Sonar actually remodeled their entire place without telling the, um... Yeah, it basically was coming a nightclub, and... Yeah, it, it, had, it like, was... The- purple like the the middle of the room had the bar there was no stage the, right there was no stage for the people to play indoors and that ended up that whole thing ended up becoming the merch areas because mm-hmm. they had to move a stage extra stage outside so they had three you had the main a side and then another side and it was inside a tent and the reason they had to do that is in some riders of certain bands they only play indoors and they had to have an indoor stage so they had this tent that became the indoor stage that was it was a great death fest because we saw speedwolf and um well that's the trick like mm-hmm. we missed speedwolf but they replayed because we were in line waiting that was one of the gripes was you know the whole thing was safety patting people down then there's this side thing where Down was playing, that's the band that Phil and Salmo from Pantera was in, his his other band. And uh, he his security, I guess, has things in their uh, contracts and writing that, you know, they don't want people coming in with weapons. Now, the problem with this was it wasn't specific, and 
it's something probably Phil and the band should have paid a little more attention to. Like, I'm not going to throw all the blame on it. I know a lot of people are mad at them. But it was also a new security company, too, that belonged to Sonar. It wasn't the same people they had but in because, previous years. Yeah, but because of that, like, lack of specificity on uh, what was supposed to be not included with all that they didn't like if you had studded vests or wristbands with like studs on you were told or you know everybody to take them off a lot of people around. have bullet belts and right. they're not real bullets right. but they're just decorative bullet yeah. belts they were making them take them and off. now it's very problematic for a lot of people so and eventually it, was, it got sorted out but we're talking hours yeah because it started i think the doors were opening at one or twelve thirty or twelve, and Speedwolf was going on at one, but we didn't even get into like two. Mm-hmm. So we had missed Speedwolf already, but because another band had like canceled out or something, Speedwolf got to go on a second time, which we did catch him, which was great. Uh, Speedwolf is your your back patch on one of your yeah your vests. We love them. Which you cannot find anymore. No, we tried. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'd get it for my black vest. Although I you have, have skeletal, skeletal remains, remains now. Yeah. But it, what I loved watching was it was so in the death fest, but you also... Got, so I felt like I was there again. I, I'm like, oh, I was there. I remember this. But then you got the behind-the-scenes stuff that... For instance, Venom got shut off. Mm. And people were pissed. I remember this. We were there. I remember. I'm like, what the fuck? They just shut the... And they didn't, like, count down and say, okay, good night. They cut their set short. It was very short. But they literally they just, had a guy walk on stage and said, you gotta cut it. Cause, and and unknowns to a lot of the fans, unfortunately, even myself, um, if they had not done that, if they had gone over... It would have been like $15,000. $10,000 fine that Ryan, and I can't remember the other guy's name that run this, they would have been forced Evan? to... Is it Brian or Ryan? Ryan and Evan, I thought. Maybe. Uh, but they would have been fined for that. And, you know, you have video clips of them in his doc that he's seeing this happen. He's seeing the fans really upset, and he's like, you know, I don't blame him for being angry, but, you know, this it's a fine if they keep going. And on top of that, the, the noise ordinance starts at 11. Friday night and Saturday night, they were allowed to get away with going past 11 o'clock. But now it's Sunday. And, and I think that was part of the problem is they were told initially. Wink, wink, nobody's going to say anything. Right. And then when it came to 10 or 11 o'clock when they were being shut off, they were like, what the hell? So needless to say, uh... So that was, that year was a real big clusterfuck, and that was actually kind of. But you know, as the that's guys, what moved it to the Edison lot, right? That's they basically learned from that, and they said, "Okay, we got to expand, and we got to go somewhere else." And the Edison lot lasted what two years? Two or three years. And part of the problem was Sonar was not prepared because it was new owners. But part two, Sonar was being used as a drug front. So the owner. I don't think that had much to do with that. But the the club itself had to close. But the owner, there was something going on where the owner was promising all these things, and they didn't help at all with any of the and, uh, and the according permits. To, according or, to the guys, the owner didn't come through with that. Like he was supposed to get certain permits, that just never happened. And they had so, to end up doing it themselves. And they're like, now that we have the Edison lot, we can um, we have the control in our hands. Right. Then after the Edison lot. The last MDF, the last two that we went to, they were all downtown, 
indoors and a little bit outside for the merchant stuff and the food vendors but we have Rams Head Live and we have Soundstage that are actual concert venues and they moved everything to these concert venues. Now some people, I get it because the Edison lot really did feel like a festival, a festival experience. Right. But it's really fucking hot it, it and faces, humid. It, it faces its own issues. One, uh, the, the pros were obviously that they never ran out of room. Like you could literally watch a band and even though you might be in the back a little bit there's plenty of back behind uh, we would go to the car because it, again it's really fucking hot in That's, Maryland that was like one of the biggest downers and then the other thing we is, would go though, to the car and just listen to the bands because we wanted to just get some air conditioning and more sunscreen and stuff and of course tailgate and have some beers but so we liked that but a lot of people we were okay with moving it indoors but it does, you, you lose that whole feeling of a festival. It's more like going well, to... Well, it's very controversial. Thir- 30, 30 little concerts. Some people really hate the idea of moving it to where it is now. But I think part of the problem also was the cost going into doing this a lot when you're not really seeing the... Because when they expanded, they thought that it was going to be bringing in far more people than it actually did. And even though they probably did make some money, they were at least broke even. Like I, I think in the long run, with all the stage setups and because uh, yeah, they have to organize the all of that and all that stuff. Like I think they realized that they were kind of losing money. But on on top of that, um, when they moved it to just Ram's Head and Soundstage, they were able to keep going on until two a.m., which is the well. Current. That was a pro, and the other thing was that they touched on was at the time that they were Edison lot you know they had started splitting off this is this is kind of a two different thing over the years Maryland Death Fest has broadened its uh, lineups of the genres they play so instead of going straight where it started just death metal it's now into like uh, a little bit of uh, hardcore hardcore metalcore um, black metal play there um you know, and and what happened with that was they started moving them to different venues. So, if you wanted to see hardcore stuff, you'd be walking like two or three blocks down to another place, a smaller club. And they were they were utilizing Ramshead and Soundstage while they had the Edison lot but going that, on too. But that was creating problems with people because you they, were things were overlapping. Right, a lot of time uh, missing bands. But now it seems like in order to keep the cost down for how much they had to put out and to keep things more organized, I think they're in a better place. And they're also drawing, um, I think when you say you're going to be playing at Ramshead or you're going to be playing at Soundstage, it's more alluring to their their bands that they're reaching out to saying, hey, instead of saying you're playing in a empty parking lot. It, it, it kind of, I mm-hmm. think, because it, it has a little bit of stature to it saying you know you're playing at these main clubs that get big acts all the time but well let's face it they probably like the fact they're not playing in 100 degree heat either we (laughs) had that one year that was it was funny too because blake from um pig destroyer we had that one year which was an anomaly where it rained a lot and it was freezing i actually bought a hoodie and blake when they were playing he was wearing a a windbreaker because it was actually kind of cold um you don't have to deal with the elements as much and 
for people who aren't familiar with downtown Baltimore and power plant, there are a ton of bars, there's a ton of outdoor seating, and there are a ton of things going on. And that outdoor area is also home to all of the merch. So you can, it's almost like a flea market. Yeah. If, if you, you, yeah. you know, you go down to all the merch people and then, oh, I, I might want to go over to the, the beer garden and have a beer but you can still kind of hang out with other metalheads at the same time. That was kind of fun. I mean, I, I liked that part too, and I also enjoy that they have the merch kind of consolidated all together. So, yeah, the thing is, like for us, this is our our go to every year. Like we'll go to like separate concerts throughout the year, but, but this is our vacation. Like I took off two weeks of work because we knew we were having friends come in from out of town. Um, Maryland Death Fest goes four days now, plus the pre-fest, and then, you know, we wanted some days to spend with our friends, so I took off two weeks of work, and then when it got canceled, I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Well, we can't (laughs) wait a year. But normally, like, you know, this is the thing, like, we'd spend no less than three to four hundred dollars, and that's not including the tickets themselves. Are, we'd so. spend more than three to four hundred dollars. I'm talking about just for merch and more stuff. More than that. Think about all the patches, the vinyl. Maybe three to four hundred dollars a day. No, we're not that bad. Well, we kind of are now. I would be if I could, but no. We, we kind of are now. <laughs> Think about this year, how much we would have spent, because we had, we saved up. It's like we, yeah, we bought our tickets way in advance. We saved money for this. It all depends on what's all there, but nevertheless. Like, you found that guy who has all those tapes, yeah. and he comes back every year. I mean, it's you, you, you see the same people, you see the same vendors, and they'll be like, yeah, I remember you. We actually met people just going to the concerts. And, you know, now they have the, the pre-fest party at the auto bar, and it's it just... It's a whole community. It's it's the Maryland Death Fest is just hard to summarize. You know, for us, we get excited about it every year. Even we've gone just the two of us. Um, Vader played that year. I remember. Um, hmm. That it, was two years ago. Yeah. More than two years ago, because two years ago we didn't go. Three years ago. Wow. Well, yeah. No. But we um, it's our thing. You know, he and I, for vacation and stuff, we're like, we don't want to go to Disney World. We don't want to, we don't have kids, so we don't need to be like, oh, it needs to be a family friendly. Our vacation is Death Fest. And watching it come to life in this, it felt like being there. And it also made me really depressed, too, at the same time, because we, it's... Well, we did see one of our friends. Oh, God, that's right. So our our friend, our friend Jason, who we call Crash, um, he actually lived with us for a few years while he was working on, um, he was touring. So when he wasn't touring with his um, music, he was staying with us or, and now he actually went to finish his master's degree. So he, how many years has Jason gone to Death Fest with us? Like five? Easily. And, um... Even before, <laughs> I remember the first year he went to Death Fest with us, he was still relatively young. Like, he was, uh, he just graduated college and his mom actually called me to make sure that he landed and it was just so sweet. But it's, that's what it is to us. It's community, it's friendship, it's fun, and... Because remember, 
Amity is friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Death Fest, and if you, if you had any tiny, tiny part of you that ever wanted to go to the Death Fest, watch Welcome to Death Fest, and it really captures the essence of being there. I actually, I, I just remembered this. I saw the back of your head. I know it was the back of your head. I know what the back of your head looks like, and you were wearing your vest, so I'm like, I must have been there somewhere, but I'm so freaking short. I'm like, there's my husband's head! So, I just think well, I'm... Well, look, I know I'm on a fucking video for our balls, because you can hear me laughing clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's your, one, so. it is your laugh. We, we have enjoyed so many, so many Memorial Day weekends just, you know, headbanging and eating... All the delicious food and drinking and spending time with our friends. It just felt like a void this year. And to fill the void, we tried, you know, we watched the movie and it. Well, we got Devin Townsend later this year, so there's some things that's going to happen. Hopefully, if the fucking state will. Uh, That's September. I can't imagine it's not going to open up by then. Maybe, maybe not. The large gatherings are not allowed until stage three, and we haven't even hit stage two yet. Well, we'll see. I'm getting depressed again. Alright. Alright, fuck this shit. Yeah, back to music. Back to the music, back to the Now we're going to make things really depressing and angry. Uh, (laughs) Depressing and angry are two favorites. We got some black metal coming your way. Definitely some new stuff from Armageddon. Haven't heard from them in a while, but we got some new Midnight Odyssey. Ooh, Enthroned. Hmm. Yep, that's a good track. Uh, Odyssey did a split with... um, and wins, which I'll play a track from that later on. Also, recently, um, I think it's cool when Ruins when of Everest released a split, so I'll be playing some of that next week. I love when they do that because it's like you have two good collaborations, and you're like, eh, it's nice. You get a little extra. Yep. All right. Well, here we go. Brand new Midnight Odyssey. Cold winds are a distant dream. Mm.
DJ Nubis and DJ Neko back with you in Meltdown Radio Podcast. Getting ready to hit our rock block here. <laughs> Got new stuff from Wizzo in there. Also, Wolf Tooth has some new stuff for you as well. Uh, Black Mountain, as I said before, some older material I finally got through checking out. Found some cool stuff in there. Some old school Twisted Sister, Neko's Pick of the Week. Yep, yep. Boy, is that going to turn some heads, but mm-hmm. I love it. I Why love- is it going to turn some heads? <laughs> I don't know, because people all have a real hard time with this particular band. Why? It, well, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. You tell me why when we get to it. We will get to it. Uh, but we're going to kick it off, though, with an uh, artist uh, who creates this project called Frust. And a couple of years ago, he released a record, uh, Recurring Dreams, that I thought was really, really excellent. This is, a, is this a solo? Yes. Uh, it's normally more metal than anything, uh, but this particular track uh, I felt was kind of like borderline rockish. It has some female vocals included, so he's he's pretty versatile. That, that's kind of like my pick is borderline metal rock. Right, and we'll get to that. 
But uh, this gentleman is very uh, versatile in how he presents his music, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. New record, I'm still taking in a little bit, so. But I thought this was a good opener for the rock block this week. It's a song called Alone, and the artist is called Frost. We'll be back in a little bit.
until it's time. racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing. And they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
Mr. Nervous. Back with you in our rock blocks. Was that that was my DJ voice? How did that sound? It's fine. The, vet, the mic's over there, though. <laughs> Hello. I have a loud voice. It'll pick me up. Yes, it will. But you keep pushing me out of the way. This is like core, like when we're in bed. I'm like falling off the fucking edge. Maybe if you wouldn't have seven thousand pillows with you. It's gotta happen. <laughs> <laughs> it just does. And I have your fancy pillow. Yeah. That makes it even more now. Which I think you were starting to take some of it last night. I was, like, really comfortable last night. So, your pick of the week is something we've been dabbling for, like, at least a long time. Before while. I even left. Yeah. It's so. Like, it's- I'd put it in the list. And then I take it out. And then I put it in, take it out. Not because it doesn't fit, but because it's just I know this is something that we have to really get into. And but because I did actually make mention of this band the other day, uh, a few weeks back, how I am not ashamed to like them. Me either. Uh, I I feel like this band was integral in my late teens and early twenties. Think about it, like late nineties, well, early early two thousands. I mean, they're definitely. It was. If you're if you're talking about the era of new metal, they are definitely in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whether you like them, love them, hate them, whatever, uh, they're going to be in the conversation. And I know it's a band that constantly throws people off, and they they just they're every like, time this you bring isn't up, metal, become, it's rock, or this is. Well, it's, not that. it's rap and it's this and right. it's yeah. It's yes, just, become, I know. They, they become the the joke of metal in general, and, and that that kind of upsets me because I I have nothing but fond memories. When it comes well, when it comes to like music in general now, like I don't get upset about people's opinions of it because I know that you can't please everybody and. You know, I'm, I'm not here to change anyone's mind, really. Like, uh, you know, this is our show. This is how we do it. This is how we... This is how we do it. <laughs> we put our list together, and we play music that we love, that hopefully other people love, and most of the time they do. But, you know, we like the pick of the weeks because they bring discussions. How many, how many different, like, I have an eclectic taste, and how many different types of songs have I brought to the table and this if you know what was my last pick of the week it was that Harry Styles song remember I don't, I don't know if that was the last one but that's I heard close. that song and I'm like this is very Beatlesy, and it's it's like on the borderline of rock like it's not just the this is the kind of thing too it's like well, pe- people it, call it rock people call it metal people call it rap it's well the interesting thing about styles was that really technically that was more really not suitable for the show but i i did it because it would spark discussion but it's interesting because you made that pick and then i ba- I, I made it because i had never heard it before and it was like hmm. well but while you were out like on the boat uh i saw an article and I don't know if I agree with it, obviously, but they had an interesting pick. Something that I've seen from guys on the Bronco forums whenever we talk about music. Mm-hmm. And they had a top ten all-time best modern rock records. And you want to guess what was number two. Don't remember the album name, but it was from Kanye West. And that topic gets brought up a lot about yeah. how... He supposedly, on that particular record, was very... 
it was like a more rock oriented album than right. rap. Now I don't know if that just means he used a lot of samples like you know guys like Jay Z or Tone Loke did back in the day, but even like Ice T and them did certain samples of stuff like Yeah, but Ice T is body count too, so or, or right. excuse me, Ice Cube is body count, but you know what I mean. No, like, T is body count. Thank you, sir. But uh Cube. Well, no, I'm just trying to think of what I was going to say, but... Sorry. Like, just sampling is a big thing for rap, and, you know, Tone Loke did it when they used Van Halen's Jamie's Crying. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people, even more modern people, like younger people now who are into rock and whatever, if they're considering Kanye West rock, like, I can't really get on board with that personally. But that just shows you how far we've come as music listeners when we start seeing or... Well, it's a cross-genre type thing. And how many times have we seen that just in... Like, look at Aerosmith and Run DMC. Like... Anthrax, uh, Public Enemy. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. and And it's funny because when you think about this particular genre of new metal... Uh, really one of the grandfathers of this was born out of rock um, and alternative rock and metal was Faith No More Mm -hmm. Epic that was like the first taste that I had of a band doing rap and metal and a lot of people, a lot of metal fans really appreciate Faith No More compared to this particular band and it's just kind of funny to me because they're kind of the ones that inspired it. Um, bands like Korn, uh, Deftones, they all kind of take a lot of this from the hip-hop stuff, you know, influence and whatnot. Uh, and then, of course, Korn, at one point, discovered Limp Biscuit, Which is my pick of the week. And, uh, you know, I've said it before a hundred million times that new metal is not ever going to be, like, my most favorite genre in terms of the bands that come out of it or whatever. I do enjoy some songs from other bands here and there, but when it comes to, like, Korn, the Deftones, and Limp Bizkit, who were really, like, the originators of the whole kickoff of all mm-hmm. this, uh, I enjoy a lot of their works. Um, well, I don't know if you remember this. Um, a couple of years ago, when I was still teaching 19 dance classes a week, and I went away for the weekend um, with some of my other fellow dance teachers, and I was telling you that we were listening to Limp Biscuit, and they were like, oh, I didn't know you liked hip-hop. And I'm like, to me, this isn't hip-hop. To me, hip-hop, you know, is like Busta Rhymes. It's, you, you know what I mean? So, but they, they were really big Limp Biscuit fans, and I was like, it's interesting to see people's different perspectives of what they can, because me, I would never label Limp Biscuit as hip-hop. But see, that's interesting, because, again, with the people that I was talking to in the forum, uh, another band that came up, which I always viewed as hip hop, was the Beastie Boys. I did too. I I, I think they are hip hop. They are considered within the. I've seen docs that talk about the whole hip hop thing when it first started. I mean, the Brooklyn Boys before Brooklyn was like <laughs> right? cool and bougie like it is now. They now were, the added effect for these guys is that the the trio actually played the music they played on their record, except that, for when they had guest spots like Kerry King. Or whatever. That's one thing I really liked about the Beastie Boys, yeah. But they considered 
they were starting to talk about considering Beach Boys as a rock band. I'm like, they're not really. They only have like a couple, like you were saying, like Carrie King. The, they get their samples from some rock elements, but it's not like their heart and soul is hip hop. They've said that their entire lives. And then. I mean, they do have some of a, a punk rock background, but that's not the music they play. I mean, you even if you even think to like intergalactic like that's kind of like it's got the rap and the hip-hop in it but it's also kind of that because that was late 90s too wasn't it uh mid to late 90s yeah and they were trying to um experiment with a little bit of that electronica too so it's it's really when you have bands like limp biscuit or the the bc boys or you you don't want to try and like pigeonhole them into a specific genre or whatever but people get very passionate they're like no limp biscuit is hip-hop no limp biscuit is not metal it's rock or no limp biscuit and then people well it happens all across the board we have like one of my rant a few episodes ago about the discussion we're having you know, with rock and how it plays out. I mean, it, it, it's all part of it in some way, but there are subgenres to everything. And new metal has its own area. And, and it's important to recognize that. It is. And, you know, you don't have to like it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything that's in your repertoire of music that you listen to, but it's there. And it's just another added part and dimension to the ever-evolving music scene in metal and rock. So some people, including myself, used to think that Rat was a metal band. You know, over the years, obviously that's not the case anymore. But Well, let's let's just, you know, with Limp Bizkit, they've, they've done, they're, I think they're good friends with Run DMC, and we've seen um, at the HF Festival when they brought Run DMC as a special guest of theirs, and they kept it secret, and they brought them. So you know that they have a rap like appreciation. Well, yeah. So you you understand where they make their music. They're going to pull that influence. Yeah, when Corn did Wicked, they brought in Chino from Deftones mm-hmm, to sing mm-hmm. on that. So I mean, there's it, it's all in there. In fact, I think they even had Ice Cube appear on Follow the Leader on one of their songs, if I remember. I don't remember which one it was. Obviously, they had the little. Fred Durst, uh, Davis rap thing. Oh, God, that's on. one of my... What the fuck you saying? Yeah. You were pimp whatever. So, I but mean, I mean, like, Limp Bizkit, too, with Method Man. Um, yeah. Tegal. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's their individuality. And it's okay if it's not 100% metal. This song, in particular, was the one that was playing when I was saying I went away for competition weekend with my fellow dance teachers. And I'm, like, singing this song, and they're like, holy shit, you know that? I'm like, yes. They're like, I thought you were, like, metal girl. I'm like, this is metal. Like, it is rapping, but it's rapping and metal at the same time. And, you know, I grew up with this. I have some great memories. Yeah, $2.00 y'all is probably like my least favorite of the bunch well not the least favorite the not black uh not gold cobra the one before was probably the worst one that's the one without borland who was not in the band at the time but uh the the sophomore record with nookie was really great Mm -hmm. and then chocolate starfish was amazing too i've never really cared for like the straight up rap tunes they have like with method man like that's one of my least favorites from that record where the fuck you at, Takao? 
But uh, I understand that's where they're coming from. That's part of their their appeal. So you know, I should have made that my pick of the week. Uh, What's that? I didn't hear you. Come on a little louder. <laughs> so anyway, anyway this week this, this is the one you always talk about. This though. is, but this is a funny story with this song, because I'm dumb sometimes. <laughs> I am dumb. I am dumb, and I know the name of the song, which is "Stuck." There's a part of the song. <laughs> she can't even get it out. I thought he was saying, suck on yourself, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. And I, I don't know why, but that's what I thought it was for years. I'm, I mean, you told me. You're like, that's that's not what he's saying. And I'm like, well, what is he saying? <laughs> so part of me loves this song just because I'm dumb. Another part of me loves this song because it takes me back to riding around in my ex-boyfriend's mom's minivan with all of my friends piled in. Drinking riding. Ri we're riding. <laughs> drinking Zimas and Bud Lights, which is classy for, you know. Zima. So terrible. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Zima's, uh, if you I'm want, glad we've come a long way since Zima right? days. Right? I mean, I, we, we, we kicked it up a notch. We put Jolly Ranchers in our Zimas so that they would have a flavor of wild cherry. But it was, it was a lot of fun because it's that time in your life when you're still kind of a kid, but you're technically an adult because you're over 18, but there's so many uncertainties in your life. You're going to college. You're working your first job. And, you know... We were all still kind of living at home or maybe living with roommates, just trying to find our way. But the the way that we made it to was every weekend getting together, listening to Limp Bizkit, Corn, uh, even, uh, what you call it, um, Linkin Park, just different. Yeah, well, Jimmy was really into Linkin Park at for a second. A lot of people were. Downloading on... LimeWire so that you can get all of the viruses on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> it was just that time of my life that, granted, now that I'm almost 40, it's really exhausting to think about that because I can just go to the liquor store and buy my, my beer and wine and sit in my living room and watch movies, but... You know, you have that one friend who's over 21, so you get him to buy, like, four cases of beer, and <laughs> you just have a big party and meet up for bonfires. This is that song, and it's also the angry song that you have, too. Like, maybe you broke up with a boyfriend, or maybe you're mad at your That's mom. That's what one thing new metal's really great for, because I don't find it much in, like, regular metal, whether it's death or whatever. Is corn and all them. They yes. always feel like the more personal issues on the level. And I think that's one reason why I kind of attached myself to corn early on is because it was just mainly about relationships and shit like that. So I'm like, this works for me because I can get the shit out of my system. I mean, you could probably play this song, and I know your your song for um, Christine is Love Hurts, but you play this song, you're like, fuck you, bitch, yes! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I. I, I, I mean, Christine I, happened before the song, right? But if this song came out like right around the time that Christine was being a stupid whore, then you could be like, "Yeah, suck on yourself, you whore." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, without further ado, here is Limp Biscuit with "Stuck." Attention, please. 
Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, Audio Jump. Let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
DJ Neko. And Anubis. And Anubis. At, what, what was it? Anuba, Anubas? Or. Anubus. Anubus. Anubus and Nico. Nico. According to the crypt. <laughs> if anybody wants to know where Neko comes from, it's the Japanese word for cat. And I'm a crazy cat lady. But there's also a game that I play called Neko Etsumi, which literally translates to cat collector. And that's pretty much my life. I've been a cat collector since I've been owning my own home and properties. Right. <laughs> right? And they just show up sometimes at our front door, like Azzy and Smokey. So We just collect them. We did. I just have a, a big heart, a sad heart for animals. But what did you think about the uh, rock block? I liked it. Uh, that was brand new Wolf Tooth closing it out. And like I said, I, I don't have a problem with Limp Biscuit all that much. So I thought this rock block was very diverse. Think about like... Well, I always try to make them that way. It, it was always super diverse. Like you have like an atmospheric frost and then you have electric lettuce, which is totally about the weed. And then you have Black Mountain that sounds like it's from the 70s. Twisted Sister that sounds like it's from the 80s. Limp Biscuit that sounds like it's from the 90s. And then Wolf Tooth, which sounds like completely a modern rock song. It's just... Yeah, been... it kind of reminded me of like something that Ozzy would have done. It's this was like the perfect rock block if you think about it. I take issue with that. All my rock blocks. Okay, well, ass. but it was just very well curated. That's what I'm saying. So uh, we don't have many like movie or TV show reviews to give you, but we do have one. And Fat Samurai guy who spends most of his time on his podcast and his YouTube, on YouTube. channel with his lady Fat Blood. Uh, discussing movies, and he's always... We know. love him because he shares our love for Godzilla and, um, like, kung fu movies, especially. Yeah. But uh, he put up a trailer, or, you know, a YouTube trailer for this uh, three-episode series called Blood Machines that Shudder is, uh, have on their channel right now. Now, do you have to... Because Shudder is free, and then we actually pay the $4 a month for it. But are you, if it's Shudder not premium, can you watch Blood Machines? I'm going to say no. Okay. I think you actually have to be a member. But it, really, it's worth it because they always put new content up, and they've got a lot of the classics. Now, it's not, I, I always wonder why they don't have like a lot of the stuff like Tubi has and all that. But, you know, maybe it's just a matter of space, uh, bandwidth, all that stuff. But, um,. We know how bandwidth goes. But this is actually a Shutter exclusive. This is something they've created and taken. They actually, um, this came to fruition through Kickstarter. And um, the music in this is done by Carpenter Brute. I hope I'm saying his last name right. I say Brute, it, like Brute yeah, the either, Cologne. Yeah, Carpenter Brut or Brute, it's one of the two. So he created all the music. It's very, very electronica. It's it's very good, and if you like stuff that like, um, it's very reminiscent of like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, also, Stranger Things. If you've seen that show on Netflix, it's got but that. But the whole music 80s. is very like um, Suspiria. It has a goblin. Yeah, a goblin. But, it, but it's not as dark. This is more eighties vibe synth that you would hear. And it's got like the 
the fast and then the lightness and, and it goes well with like the visuals That's well i one think of the great honestly about this. they took what we're going to get to his um carpenter brute's first music video was turbo killer which i did not know until neko brought it up so good for her to pick up on that so we watched turbo killer and it's literally a music video for carpenter brute and it's like they took this this is supposed to be like a sequel the the music video is great it's it's the song turbo killer and they have like a little story going through turbo killer the music done through like you could it, it sounds like you turned on a record and boom the music is just playing through there's always some kind of underlying music in blood machines so they timed it perfectly they have I mean, it's really, really cool. Like, the visuals are cool. It's aesthetically gorgeous, stunning. Uh, the music style. is awesome. Yeah, music works well with it. Um, so, basically, you have um, Quarry, Vaskin, Lago, and Mima. Yeah, Mima is the actual ghost that... Um, it's the soul of one of the ships. Right, and... Basically, Vascan and Lago play a pair of gentlemen. Lago is much older. Vascan, played by Anders Heinrichsen. Um, he's more like a 40-ish uh, age guy. Blade Runner is what they that's call That's what them. they call That's what his title is. He's a Blade And these runner. guys are hunters that go around chasing machines that have been taken over by artificial intelligence. So, in this case, obviously they're chasing Mima. And it's these these episodes are only about twenty minutes each, so overall it's like it's a 50, very quick, right. quick watch. But I mean, you you totally immerse yourself in this experience because you've got the music backing, you've got this really fast paced story. I that's that's why I started like researching this after I watched it because I'm like, there's so much going on that I need to understand everything that's happening. But back to the character. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Uh, so, Vascan, he's like this very non-fearing uh, hunter, whereas Lago, he, he, he has that old school feeling a little bit, but he also has a bit of a spirituality to him. So he's, he's almost he's like a, a Jedi, almost, Lago. Like, he's like he's the, almost like Obi-Wan yeah. compared to Vascan, who's young, a little bit younger and a little bit more naive. Maybe a little bit more not controlled. Like, he doesn't hold back. Baskan is shoot first, ask questions <laughs> later. And Corey is this priestess who they come across when they're first chasing the machine. And uh, she's among some other priestesses, but they capture her on their way to chase down Mima, who's now escaped the old machine that they've managed to destroy. And it's basically this woman in human form with, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a... It's, it's like the soul of the machine. Well, but there, there's like this upside down cross that's on them. Like, I see And the, the video was on their forehead, but in the in the Because they, they're naked, I think the upside down cross just works nice to cover up their um, female area. Probably. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's but, I, but I think it plays a role, and I'm just not sure what it is yet, but... I mean, do you think that the, the souls of the ship are angry? Because the ships have have because part of the movie they were in a graveyard for ships. So like, are the ships angry now that they're um, that they're not in use anymore? And then that's maybe what it it represents. 
so we're gonna get into this now. <laughs> now, he, he, I I think that um, one of my issues with this mm -hmm. is that it comes across very anti-male, and you can take it any way you want. Now, Neko has explained to me that ships, ships are generally referred are to referred as to as female. We say she. Everybody calls a ship, even air aircraft, it's a she. But so, but if you notice watching this, like, the enemy is clearly met. Like, there's just no way around it. There isn't, when you have the priestesses gathered or when you, at the end, towards the end, when you have, like, some of the souls that they bring up, they're all women. That's so, because ships are women. But that doesn't explain the priestesses being all women. Because they're priestesses and they're 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 soul sisters to the ship. Are you saying there couldn't be priests that are men? Uh huh. Yep. See, see, I'm right. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's not a big deal because I really still like this a lot. Uh, it's visually awesome. Uh, story is pretty cool. The story. Um, the that... director is Seth Eicherman. Yeah. And he's the one. He. I don't know how he and Carpenter. I don't know if they're friends or. But they both worked on Turbo Killer and on Blood Machines together. Like, I think Seth directed uh, Turbo Killer and Blood Machines. And they worked together to produce this for... Um, they actually raised 117,000 euro through Kickstarter to produce Blood Machine. And it turned out, at first they were just trying to um, make another Turbo Killer. Something that was quick right. and it turned out that they had enough money and enough funding that people on kickstarter you know contributed that they were able to create a small series and i don't know i i'm gonna have to look this up it it's so good and it's getting such good reviews that it could be something for for seth eicherman and carpenter brute that they might end up having a I would, series i, I, I wouldn't I, doubt it yeah I, would, I have no problems like the ratings that Shudder's probably going to get from this will probably help them push to have more done. And it. and this is putting, like, I don't think as many people watch Shudder as they do Netflix. I mean, clearly Netflix is kind of like the Goliath, but... But that's kind of changing. I mean, that's sort of a side topic, but with all these other channels like Disney, HBO, they're all starting to put their own apps out there and it's taking away some of the material that Netflix had cornered for so long. So, things like Shutter may actually end up growing more because people are kind of looking outside of Netflix now. Because they're talking about taking, like, I don't think Friends is on Netflix anymore. They're going to take Mad Men off of Netflix they're talking about, I'm trying to think of some of the other, The Office, because NBC has started their own um, streaming. The Office is like, clearly Netflix pays royalties to NBC to have The Office on there, but that's like a big, The Office, I watch The Office all the time. Well, someone recently just won, because HBO Max started, and, mm -hmm. they, and Steve uh, Smith. Yeah, went to my page showing some of the stuff that's on there. They had, like, all the Godzilla stuff. All of it. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. I don't have HBO. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too. Like, for me with HBO, we love we, we love The Wire. 
I haven't watched The Sopranos yet, and I really should because of my Italian heritage. You know, there's probably some mafia back there. But Sex in the City is HBO to me. And that's the whole reason I bought the the series, because we had HBO for a short amount of time. And... Yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to get around some of that. Like, eventually I'm probably going to pay for Disney again once Marvel starts kicking out their shit. Because like you were talking about you wanted... There's, there's a Winter Soldier show coming out. Yeah, they, there's, they got a lot of shit. Now, there's a lot come. of stuff on there right now. There's the Disney movies that everybody loves, and it's great for kids. They're, this thing... Um, well, it has The Mandalorian. It has um, The Eternals, which I thought both are great series. That's what they had from the beginning, which is great. There's also this show called Dr. Pole, and Dr. Pole is a veterinarian, and for us, like, it would just be like, oh, look at all these cute animals, so... But I don't know if, like, like, I don't know if you could pay for HBO Max separately. You can, you can. Or if you actually pay through right. HBO but, for your cable but, provider, you can get HBO. But my curious is, would it be the same amount? Like, is the, is the app cheaper than the actual payment? Because I think it's like 15 bucks through the subscriber. I think it depends on your cable package. Oh, look. Someone's at our door. But anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's just something like, you know, eventually the down part is you don't want to pay for 20 different apps for stuff. And that just defeats the purpose. So, so we, we really have to kind of be picky and choosy about what we do. So for us, it's more like, okay, well, we'll drop this for a while and pick this up. We did that with Amazon last year, remember? Prime's I, actually been very good. They've I, had, I, there's a couple of other, um... Homecoming is one I want to catch up on. We saw um, Bad... What was it? Um, the, the Bad Boys. The Bad Boys. Uh, I love... The I started Hunters, but I didn't... I just kind of lost interest. That that was a really interesting one. Well, you know I love The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And the uh, person who created that also created Gilmore Girls, which makes me... It, it's my kind of thing. Right. These streaming channels, though, now, like... For the longest time, we, we did not have cable for what seven years and we were strictly streaming everything and the only reason we have cable now is because it's more expensive for us to drop cable and only have internet because they'll raise our internet price than it would be for us to keep cable and inner because we have a phone line which doesn't exist really but to keep the the package it's cheaper overall so that's how the cable companies are trying to keep you in all of this. But we're seeing with Shutter now and Amazon and Netflix, they're all really pushing these independent productions that are making you realize that, you know, NBC, ABC, these cable channels are not the only thing out there. And, I mean, even for people like my parents who... You know, it was just TV. You turn on the TV and that's what you watched. They're starting to realize that there's other things out there that we can watch. And it's nice because we like scary movies and gory movies and different things. We have Shudder that can bring us some original content. And we totally enjoyed Blood Machines and the effort that they put forth to 
Just, and I think that's kind of what we're just getting back to because we kind of went off on a tangent. Sorry, but, we like to do that. Uh, as as we've seen with Netflix, um, Disney, they, they start producing and making their own movies and shows. We're seeing the same thing with Amazon and now Shudder. So that's the thing. It's just going to keep growing. They, these separate entities have all dis- figured out that Netflix was on to something when they started making their own movies. And that's starting to happen more and more. So... If you're a big horror fan and you like all that kind of stuff and original content and Shudder is something to consider, I think it's only like five bucks a month. Um, certainly worth it if you have like a Roku and stuff like that. Yeah, you can even do it on your laptop. Like if you go Phone, through the whatever. yeah, it, it's and if you like futuristic space operas, this is totally worth. Anything like Stranger Things or Blade Runner is definitely something that you would enjoy. With it this. also kind of reminded me, I know this is going back on our tangent, but remember, um, Netflix is, is famous for picking up movies and series from other countries. And that show Dark, mm-hmm. that German show, and it had that dark... I don't think we ever got to the second season. No, we yet. haven't finished the second season yet, so... But it had that very craziness yeah it had that craziness in it so blood machines will take you no time it'll take you an hour of your day yeah and you'll blow right through it but you'll be like that was fucking amazing you're just gonna say to yourself hmm what and you and i both had different takes on things too and i think that's purposely what the director is wanting he wants you to take these little snippets and yeah i don't want to really smash it because of some of the stuff i pull from because there are moments in it where as i said to two male hunters they're approached differently in terms of how their innings yeah yeah because um i'm sorry i'm getting my notes out again because lago when he he died because he had a heart condition i'm sorry spoilers shit sorry oh my god spoiler alert but all of the ships in this entire series they're all controlled by ai which is the soul of the ship and lago was very close to the ship that he was you know he had a good connection with it so tracy his ship he would say tracy help me tracy this and tracy eventually be you know came out of her her ship because she was the soul of the ship but tracy kind of took him to heaven almost that's sort of what's important yeah it's i don't want to say heaven because it's not like a heaven and hell thing but she kind of like touched him and there's just like comforted this, him. there's this greater place that they all go and it's kind of interesting so check it out it's definitely worth it we i mean look we just talked 10 minutes on on uh yeah. le- a less than it'll take you less time to watch this than, than what we just to talked to it's it it makes you think and it makes you appreciate and then just remember the composer and the director funded this oh yeah you can go through, check out turbo killer it's on it's on it's on youtube i mean they funded this and they uh, their original like view and their original idea was just to do another turbo killer like a quick music video and because people were so passionate about their vision it turned into a show and they had enough money to make it into a show and shutter saw how talented they were and took that 
and turned it into a miniseries. I will series. say, too, that the video for Turbo Killer in 2016, that was actually voted as one of the best videos of the year. So that tells you how much they put thought they put into that video, and it's pretty cool, so I would definitely recommend it. I do, too. So we're going to get back into some Muzak. Muzak? Like we're going on the elevator? Yeah. <laughs> brand new stuff from Bramelin, but we're going to kick it off with brand new stuff from Sentiex. Cauterized. Be back.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Yeah, the nudes man is trusty sidekick Neko. <laughs> Why am I the sidekick? Why can't you be the sidekick? I'm the Batman, you're the Robin. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. 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 So. So some more somber and saddening news. Yes. Um... Mainly for you that are all, like, sports fans. And if you go back, like I do, and I know Neko does, to the glory days of basketball, we talk a little bit about... We talk about it the all the time, The last dance yeah. with Michael Jordan and all that. That I got, era. I got into basketball way before I even met you. I'm talking, like, I was in middle school. And I, when you told me about Carl Malone, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I loved Carl Malone as a child, but I'm like, hmm, let's not rape people, thank you. Yeah, there's just... <laughs> More troubling things that come out afterwards, but, but apparent- at the time and on the court, you know, the Jazz and the Bulls, the Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, all of them during that time were... That was, like, the basketball, like, golden years, I feel like. Ooh, I, oh, yeah. I mean, for, for a, a 12-year-old girl who does not play basketball to be excited about watching it, that shows you how enthralling it was like i did not miss basketball when i was in middle school i don't know why i don't my dad doesn't watch basketball i just i just kind of got into it because it was exciting and amazing you would see these players who are just specimens of athleticism and you're like holy shit how do they even do that and running up and down the court constantly and making these baskets and these throws i was just completely astounded by everything and i that's why i watched when i was younger because i'm like holy how 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 does an adult man grow up to become a basketball player and how do they know they're even going to be good at it because there's so many skills that you need to be a basketball player yeah that's the thing like today's day when you think of like the nba you think obviously lebron james stephen curry kobe Kobe, who's now passed and gone, but, you know, back during that time, like, like when you when you talk about, you know, we'll leave Kobe out for him because he was actually there towards the end before Michael retired, but LeBron and Stephon Curry and all these newer guys, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of, like, players to me that stand out, and I don't, I mean, obviously I don't pay as much attention to the NBA anymore on that level, outside of the Blazers, but... but I felt like it was... It was every team was good. Right. Back in the day, you know, even with the Rockets with Olajuwon and, you know, just 
Larry, Bur Larry Bird. Larry Bird, all them. Uh, the Dream Team mm -hmm. for the Olympics, all that stuff. So, like, now. Again, for a 12 year old girl back then to recognize the amount of talent, you know, there was something special happening. Yeah, it just seemed like the players back then, they stood out more than they do now. And, you know, for whatever reason that is, I don't know, but... And they, it, it, there was no reality TV back then. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. It was just them being them yeah. kind of thing. But anyway, uh, one of the teams that obviously stood out with what Nicole pointed to with Carmelo and John Stockton and Hornacek and all them for the Utah Jazz, they had a coach, Jerry Sloan, who was with them for quite a, quite a long time. Uh, apparently, though, he had a Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia. And at the age of 78, he passed away recently. So I definitely wanted just to kind of, like, throw out some... Recognize him. Yeah, because, like, even as even though I wasn't a jazz fan, I could appreciate him as a coach. Uh, he was a very humble guy. Uh, they describe him, his, his players... They say he had a gruff exterior, but he was a very compassionate, kind, common, you know, like every man kind of person. And when I read that article, it kind of made me think of my grandfather, mm -hmm. Bill. Like, totally gruff exterior, but like when you get underneath the exterior, and I'm like, man, you have this great guy who probably felt like, a father figure or grandfather figure to all these players and you know you have said this about my pop he you're like i really liked him like there were, it's just something about him you're like i really liked him and i think a lot of people felt like that with jerry sloan they're like i just liked him and plus sloan you know he was a player for the jazz and it ended up becoming the coach so like it's just really cool. I mean, it's funny because I remember one year with the Jazz playing the Bulls in the finals that I was actually rooting for the Jazz because I wanted to see not only Malone and Stockton finally get a ring, but mm -hmm. Sloan as well. But, you know, in order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> they just never did. So, and that's a testament to Jordan and the Bulls. But the thing is, like, he was a really good dude, a really great coach. He had this pick and roll that the Jazz used that was very hard to defend for many teams for a long time. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. And so it was just sad kind of seeing that he passed away like he did. And dementia and Parkinson's is such a hard disease on your body. I mean, mm -hmm. I hate to see somebody that was so well-loved by so many people have to suffer like that. Hopefully he's in a better place now than he was. Um, you know, a lot of times when these coaches stop coaching and players stop playing, you don't really know some of the other shit that happens with them. Did uh, it? Do you know when he stopped coaching? I I, I don't know. I I didn't. I see. would say probably like ninety nine or two thousand. I'm guessing just spitballing there. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you know, he had a great career with them when he was coaching and. It's just sad to see him go like that. But like I said, hopefully he's in a better place. Uh, in other news, don't know much about Hannah Kimura. She's a professional Japanese wrestler, uh, I'm assuming mainly for the Japanese circuit. There was a um, Japanese reality show in Japan on Netflix called Terrace House that she participated in, and it's been canceled. 
I, I don't know if indefinitely, but um, Hannah Kimura, she was part of that reality show, and apparently she had been subject to a lot of cyberbullying. Yeah, I don't know if it's all, like, I'm, I'm guessing it's all directly uh, reflected from the series that she was on. Like, wrestling-wise, I'm sure wrestlers can take heat for different things, but mainly it's mainly just because, like, oh, I like this wrestler better than you. But this, it's when you do like reality shows, yeah, reality shows can always end but up making it, it look you, a lot you've different. You've seen that, too, with the reality shows that kind of happen with Hulk Hogan and Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. Shit becomes bigger than it, it, it should it, be. Yeah, and because the producers like to take the most controversial and fun which is not fun for you in life, but they try to take the most interesting pieces out and amplify it for everyone to see. And I think that kind of happened to Hannah Kamira because apparently she was cyberbullied really big time. Like... And that, and that kind of gets to my point, though, because, I mean, she's 22, way too young for something like that to happen. But I, I, I really hate, it's twofold. I hate that people feel like it's okay to be as nasty as they are online. Everybody has big balls online. But You would never do that in at person. At the same time, like, I think a lot of this also is in her own control. Like, I just, I feel bad that she felt that she had to put so much stock into what people thought of her. That if people were actually hammering her like that, that I wish she could have just walked away from that part of it, like social media or whatever. And it, it becomes hard, though. Like, me speaking in the female voice, you, she put this as her life, right? Like, this is her job, and now it's her persona. And when you are out there so much, she was kind of like a, a decent sized celebrity in Japan so it's hard to to take and just cut that off and she's young 22 is young and still impressionable in my eyes I remember me at 22 it is but like at the same time um, you know why it is especially at the celebrity level like some people like some people handle it just fine you know, they get the same shit and they just deal with it and move on. But at some level, it seems almost like she was just wanting this acceptance. And when it wasn't really happening at all levels, it was a burden on her. In fact, she made a quote, I guess, saying that she wasn't as strong and she's sorry. And that's sad to see because, I, again, I just I feel bad that she felt like she had to have all that acceptance. Like, either it wasn't a strong enough support around her or it's also part of um asian culture i mean especially with women the the demands women in general i'm not even just like you know in in asian cultures but it's 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 magnified in asian cultures that you know you're supposed to be a certain way and if it's not going the way that it's supposed to be supposed to be like in quotation marks it can be a lot of pressure um it's really sad to see such a young girl feel like she has to do that yeah 
it's it's really sad i mean she said i'm weak i'm sorry and it's that's just heart-wrenching and she's a beautiful young girl that for whatever reason and whatever trolls feel i, I mean from everything i'm reading it seems like the cyberbullying is what took her over the edge and you know we always kind of come back to the mental illness and seek out help but that's something that's not really prominent in Japanese culture so I think part of her being like I need to be this perfect woman and the Japanese culture kind of like crushing in on her is what really did it it's sad yeah it's just really sad it's a bad story and it's too bad because you know she seemed like a really cool person really liked by her peers and it's unfortunate especially if you're it says here her mother who was also a pro wrestling legend in her own right so she really was trying to you know live up to yeah keep the the family business so to speak to get the lineage the lineage yes so we're sorry to bring our our podcast in a sad this is kind of depressing no more no more death talk no more death no more death we but we figured we had to touch on it because they they should be celebrated just as much as everything that's happened so despite the tragedy she was taken away too early and that's that's what this article says right here and our message is basically be better people yeah be better don't be cyber bullies and if you don't be a-holes on the other side of that if you are facing any kind of issues reach out for reach help. out it's not a sign of weakness sometimes I like unloading on somebody who's not a friend is way easier because you're not worried about her hurting anybody's feelings. Mm-hmm. So reach out and be better people. And we're going to get back to the music yeah, now. Yeah, music. Happy, happy <laughs> topic. Happy. Well, we got Marda coming up, so I don't know oh, how happy yeah. that's going to be. <laughs> also, some, Medium happy. Yeah, brand new Aeon Winds I talked about earlier coming in there as well. But we'll be back in a little bit. Get some more beer, liquor, whatever. Liquor! Enjoy the rest of the music. We're done with the sadness. No more sadness. We're not down with the sadness. Yeah. Here we go. Marduk between the wolf packs.
fresh metal band from Chile. You are listening to Metal Table Radio.
Mega District. I really like that one, babe. Atmospheric Blight. And I've put that on my list so that I can tell you the things. I like this shit. I, I'm every week. I'm just gonna write down my favorites out of the week, and then, you know, we'll we'll compile some kind of list, and this will be DJ Neko's picks. Well, of, that's not a new track. Not for this year, but uh. I'll let you know when those happening and if you like certain tracks. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna because what I normally do when I'm not home, I'll I'll like go to your Facebook or whatever and be like, I really like that song at at two thirty five and that one at forty five fifteen and that's kind of how I I tell you I like a song. So I have I'm gonna write it down now so that well we you know. said you liked the Bramlin that was a new mm -hmm. track. I uh, really like that one. The opener was a new track, so there's some new stuff in there. Um, also, speaking of new stuff, new uh, stuff, Crypt and I have been talking about doing a best of halfway point of the year for a best album, so we're kind of working on that right now. I don't know when that will happen, but uh, Crypt from Metal Mania and I are going to probably end up doing some sort of show. Showcasing our favorites from the well, year. Well, tell that tell him to get on it. We can go down to see. We're in Baltimore. He's south well, of us. We're gonna end up doing it through video, zooming it, zooming it. We can go visit. Well, we can visit, but that's later on. Like they will come here, and then we'll go down there. But for the show, it's gonna be done by video. Mm, whatever. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I have to say, for my first show back, it has been a very well-rounded show. Like, you curated an amazing group Playlist. of artists. Yeah. Like I always do. Yeah, like you always <laughs> do. But it's always... Sometimes she's like... Yeah, I'm not really feeling yeah, no. this. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> but sometimes I blow her away with some good stuff. It's always fun to come back and it's like, I know, like, it's comforting. Like, he, I'm hearing the good music. We're down here in our little secret basement, you know. The tavern. <laughs> uh, special thanks to, obviously, Metal Mania, Krypton Scully, uh, Sky Nielsen Promotions, as always, for your support of the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. We much appreciate it. Artists, labels, promotional sites. Uh, I didn't get to any of your stuff this week on this podcast, but obviously next week I'll be uh, showcasing some of those stuff that you sent me there with that. And now that I'm home, we can do more shows? Well, I've been doing shows with or without you. With or without you. You too. We were talking about you two earlier. <laughs> 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 That's funny as fuck. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this closes out episode 65. One track left for you. This will be a new track, so who knows what this makes. Neko's list. Band is called Binary Code. Away with oneself. Enjoy. We will see you all later. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>